All right, welcome back to another episode of DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we go through Man of Steel one individual minute at a time. My name's Nathan, and you can find me at all social media handles at NoClutchNate, as well as my Instagram page, Clutch Figures. And I'm Mark, you can follow me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Crystal Beth, and you can follow me on all of social media at the Crystal Beth. And you can also listen to my minutes podcast called The Fifth Element, and my video game podcast called Unlimited Lives Radio. Both are available on iTunes right now. I did it. I'm doing it. There you, there did, you it. Go. did it. <laughs> um, well, today we're going to be talking about uh, minute number seventy-four of Man of Steel, and the minute's going to start out with uh, again Superman and Lois holding hands, and um, it kind of ends on a really cool and familiar looking kryptonian attack ship that's starting to land glad you got that right because i wrote it and i was like oh i forgot what it was called because like (laughs) nathan was like the first week nathan kept hammering me with all these names for all these kryptonian like what you did with like the u.s you know the the guns and the tanks and stuff i I was doing that on the the kryptonian side so that's the kryptonian (laughs) attack ship and then that's the kryptonian like hammerhead ships and yeah, whatnot man. is like okay i should probably write these down <laughs> yeah um but yeah so uh the the minute starts with them holding hands uh like they started in the last or ended in the last minute um and something that i thought was pretty interesting is she's the one kind of initiating the whole hand holding hand holding bit uh she initiates it he grabs her hand uh he looks a little surprised about it um and i think it's pretty interesting because like he has trouble trusting anyone that's not his parents Mm -hmm. and here is a person that he's just recently met that has full confidence in him um and so she lends his hand to him saying hey you know i trust you and like i care about you which is important for him because like no one else so far in his life has cared about him like that um well, except Pete Ross, and in a flashback, he, you know. Yeah. And it, it surprises him when someone does choose to care about him and um, trust him because he wants to do the same for the people of Earth. Like, mm-hmm. he wants to feel welcome, and she does that. And so that, that I like the facial expressions that he has where he just seems just a little, like, really? Like, like. Yeah, he's taken by surprise. It's yeah, it's really good. It's good acting. Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> and he adds that furrowed brow. It's amazing mm-hmm. how many different furrows he has. He's got the ones across the eyebrows, the ones on the top, and then a couple of scenes ago, he lifted up one of his eyebrows, and he just gets the furrows on one side, and they all mean different things. Ugh. it's like learning a new language reading his face. I wonder yeah. if there was just like an entire day of auditions where they were just like all right now just give me all your best facial expressions <laughs> just yeah. like, the whole day just mm, 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 mm. And it's like yo this guy this the guy's like sitting yeah there's like the two the two people sitting behind the camera and then there's other guys like watching through a one-way mirror and they're just like oh my god this guy is great how is he doing this and then he looks in the mirror that... and is like finish your lifesavers yeah yeah, and then they were like, "Oh, we got to throw that in." I just, I think it's it, this is what makes uh, me enjoy seeing this movie is like, well, like because this Superman doesn't get a lot of dialogue, and neither this film nor the next one. It's like so, and I think it. Some people miss it, but like this is what 
is important is that he's able to deliver a performance non-verbally and it, it you know that's just like how we uh communicate most of the time in the real world so it's like seeing this guy and like his facial expressions his non-verbal communication like it's so important um that we recognize that because uh even though he doesn't get to say a lot he he is telling us a lot he's giving us a lot of information about the way he acts and the way he uh tries to you know survive this world so i think it's really interesting you know um and i don't know if that's if i should be thinking you know just his performance or do i need to be thinking like the direction that Zack snyder gave him but like it's it's not only him there are other people in this film that give great moments of performance to nonverbal and body language that I, I i'm inclined to say like maybe we're missing something here like because you know, audience are expecting like exposition from words, but they don't get it like, or they're missing it because they don't look for the nonverbal. So you're saying we're missing it as like, just like a whole, like we need to be looking for nonverbal. Yeah. Well, I'm saying like, I guess we as an audience need to, to like more recognize that more like, like, because I feel like a lot of people that don't like this Superman or like this movie, like, they are like, oh yeah, he only has like twenty lines of dialogue. Like he doesn't get to say anything. Like, why doesn't he like explain this or that? And it's like, well, maybe you're missing it. Like maybe there's something that you would really enjoy if you took the time to like see right. something like this, or like learn how yeah. to read human beings in life. Because if someone's saying that they think that this Superman isn't good at communicating because he has so few lines, they are crazy people. Because mm-hmm. he's like I said, his brow. That is like a language in itself where it's just, it's its own thing. He doesn't need to speak because his face can say it. And sometimes when you speak, you start messing things up. And boy, do I know that. Talk less. Oh, yeah. <laughs> smile more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so maybe maybe they're not only missing that in film, but maybe they're also missing it in, in their real lives. Like maybe you need to... Uh... Play cl- pay closer attention. Open your eyes, people. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. Wake up. <laughs> Wake I mean, up one of my notes for this minute is literally the notes are staring, 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 mm-hmm. because that's all that's happening for a little bit of this, but they get their emotions across. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we see it with another character in the sequel, um, but we'll get to that, you know, when Batman realizes that Superman is a person. Um, I like to say that he goes through the five stages five stages of, like, grief or something, or, like, because yeah. he, like, he literally has, like, what, like, ten seconds that are just shown on yeah. Batman, and he it's just, like, like a mental breakdown. He and, goes through, yeah. like, every, like, I don't know, his face, like, contorts in, like, every way <laughs> possible, and he's, like... And then he, like, at the very end of it, he just, like, he's, like, back and he's collected. He's just, like, all right, I had, that was my moment of weakness. Now I'm back. Yeah. (laughs) Real good. Oh, my God, it's a person. So I think, yeah. Um, But we'll get there one day. Um, (laughs) Yeah, he tells Lois to go because uh, I guess there's a a sonic boom that happens, which gives us a cue that something is about to happen. Uh, And then, you know, an alien ship is, is... vastly approaching yeah no I, w- I wanted to note that um after the sonic boom and everything like his sternness towards lois is i i always thought that that was incredible 
like he it's it almost seems like i mean i know it's like a protected thing like he is trying to protect her and Mm -hmm. he's like you know get get out of here go away but like he's it's like he realizes like you know he's like oh they're coming and then he's like you need to get out of here and he's like go he's like get out i don't know it was always it's really yeah (laughs) it's hot yeah it's it's hot mark it's it's a a, um it's kind of crazy how when he's just like go lois it's like oh oh okay thank you (laughs) i will go uh i'll talk to you soon and i'll be thinking about you until that time oh my goodness i have to go write in my diary exactly (laughs) is it it hot in here is it just the desert and then she leaves and she's wearing stilettos in the desert which it's a very hard thing to do oh that's all they uh yeah they i mean they just took her out of her apartment she's still wearing what she wore when she was on her way to work i guess she was on her way to work um do you think she could have asked for different shoes or is that just like not a thing like we don't like what are you talking about this is an air force base we don't have a, a shoe closet yeah, I if can't she imagine really them needed, it. like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. She's also she probably really very comfortable them. in them. Also, like I just said, hot. She's not gonna put boots on. <laughs> She'd be like, "Look at how these shoes make my butt look." Watch me go. Yeah. Was... <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, now I'm seeing the bigger picture. Can we watch <laughs> this movie again? Oh yeah. Well, minute <laughs> by minute. There we go. Um, yeah. No, it's it's. Things are getting, uh, mm-hmm. I was going to say. I'm heated? Like, heated. Yeah, I was like, yeah, damn it. Um, things are getting spicy. Things are getting spicy. You got some hot Real sauce spice. coming in. Yep, there you go. And then so the music is starting to, uh, the music. damn, why do I, I wrote, I literally wrote all these like temperature like puns like because i said the music is beginning to boil at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you would, I wish you would just keep on. I just do the puns, man. Please yeah. do the puns. I said, because, yeah, that's what it's like. It really is. The music is beginning to swell here. I'm not going to say it's starting to boil. Um, but it's, it is. it is. It's really picking up. Um, stuff is about to get real here soon. It's real you know? hot. Yeah, we're getting real hot. It's a desert. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, like, now we're about to get into the, I would say, like, the meat of this film. Like, the action is about to kick in. Everybody oh, yeah. Everybody seeing some fights. Like this is what people paid to see. Like we're gonna get there. Like it's it's happening. Yeah, I do love the shot of um, when he turns around after Lois is almost out of frame, but he turns around and there are you know the line of military ships. Mm-hmm. There's the helicopters in the sky. There's all the people on the ground. Black like, that Hawks, just... to be specific. Yeah, it's like ru- ru- <laughs> there you go. Like like rule of three is amazing. Or right now, you know, on screen and then like. I don't know. I've just always liked that view of a U.S. military backing yes. Superman. Yep. I like that, too. And it's all the same guns and tanks. So nothing nothing else except for the Blackhawks are new there. Or I think they're Sikorsky UH-60s is what the other name of the Blackhawks are. But I could be wrong on that. But Hey, I'll believe you. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to come and fight you against it so they only had the one day to rent all these equipment just for this <laughs> desert scene and like they're like all right now we got to go back like we did we did the one scene they could now we gotta do another scene it's only the one day i mean that seems practical those could have just been there like i'll oh, leave those there we need them for like the next scene yeah um just the whole day of shooting was in the desert what i thought was uh really cool was that uh 
they have all that busyness behind Superman. So you you know you have that whole military there, and they leave it like completely empty in front of him. Like yeah. there's nothing in like in front of him. And I think why it's really nice is that when you see the attack ship come down, it is the only thing that you focus on because there's nothing er- nothing else there to distract you from that shot. It's like, yes, like we are all looking at this black dot, like drop out of orbit in like an incredible speed. And, and then it like slowly comes to Superman. And it's like, that's the only thing the director wants you to see in that scene. Mm-hmm. and like take notice of so it's really nice that they had that whole busyness behind him to kind of get you to focus more when they look forward to just one object so i think it i think it helps the setup yeah it i mean superman's at the the front of the lines so mm-hmm. it's a, a thing to take away from this <laughs> yeah and then yeah the, so the the attack ship that does come to superman is very beetle like and we've seen those on on the planet krypton yeah this is Uh, i think this is a better shot of what we were seeing in the past on krypton like we actually do get to see way more in depth of of you know the detail the the detail Mm -hmm. and the physical make makeup of the ship so it's uh it's really because (laughs) on krypton like it's it's very clustered with everything else like yeah we're seeing so much of it at in mm-hmm. such like a short 20 minute span that like you don't have time to... and so much is going on too like all yeah. of it's yeah. blowing up yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah and you don't get to be like oh that looks like a beetle or this looks like that or and then like it comes here and you're like wow it looks like a bug it looks like like a scarab or something it's yeah like, it looks so organic and it's because everything on krypton looked organic so it blended in but like here it's coming to a world that's has like design to it to everything that they do um and especially with like compared to like the way the the how angular everything the military owns and like the, the emptiness of the desert like this is the only giant organic thing um in the whole area right now so it's like it's you get the time to really just kind of wrap your head around like the way it looks yeah so it's a good shot of it it's good close up like i mean like you said is it a good alien ship are you guys like yeah i'll buy that yes yeah i would i am i did (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i i really like it um but you think it looks too black like too plain no it almost just gives it gives purpose to what like of course like when you first see it you're like whoa that looks like a beetle and then the next question is why right and then like you have to do some research into figuring out like why the design of that looks like it but like that's i think that's all part of it like they want you to just they don't want you to say like oh yeah it's a spaceship it's got points got wings and it's got a cockpit cool i just meant like markings or something like paint should it have had paint should have i don't know no no it's still I don't know. I think, <laughs> I think the ship is more alive than we. There's no creativity on Krypton, so like everything yeah. has to just be black. Yeah, maybe, or it's just like that's just the way it formed. I could live my life like that. <laughs> everything <All> black, black. <laughs> all black. Yeah, it is interesting to think about how thing how organically things developed in other countries, or not in other countries. Well, that that too, but other worlds <laughs> and universes and galaxies. Where it's like, as you were saying, Krypton's a very organic 
or not you were saying maybe i read it either you said it or i read it that krypton comes <laughs> from a very organic place like everything kind of grows from what the planet looks like and it's fun to see especially up this up close knowing that they saw the best form of a flying mechanism being a beetle or a, like an insect of some sort whether they have them or not mm-hmm. it's it is cool to see and i love Oh man, I wait. If I was a good drawer, I would love to just design ships for sci-fi movies. That must be so yeah, that'd fun. That'd be incredible. It really, it probably really is. Because I mean, you have just like, I mean, it seems like you just have free range, and like what you're going to be drawing and what you're going to be designing, kind of dictates what everything else is like on that planet or you know in that universe or what have you. Mm-hmm. So like ultimately, those designers like. You know, they're shaping the look of, of, just have of planets. Field and, day with yeah, absolutely. That's probably mm-hmm. incredible. Um, I do notice that, like, the wings do look a little like, uh, of the ship, they do look a little like the wings of um, Haraka that we saw in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But four wings. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, like, maybe that was like, oh, yeah, that's how things fly, whatever. But then Haraka was one of its kind right now. Like, they were all, all those other... Mm-hmm you know animals that like were, were extinct you know only Jor-El had them so like i wonder if there was ever a change um to the design of kryptonian ships where it's like oh well maybe they were to look more like the beasts and then the beasts got extinct and then maybe there are kryptonian beetles that still fly around and, and bugs that still fly around so they're like hey maybe we should design them like that yeah or maybe it was an know. homage where they were like, these things are instinct, extinct, we did this, but like, let's model our ships after these beautiful creatures that helped shape our world that we then destroyed. Oh, yeah. See, I like that better. It is seen in the prequel comic, you know, and that was what, uh, thousands of years before what happens in Man of Steel, the beginning of it. But um, Kara Zordel was actually flying on a Haraka beast at that time. So like, maybe they didn't have attack ships. Maybe they only had these flying beasts and then they all went extinct and... Like you said, like they're paying homage to these creatures, and it's, right. it's like, all right, so we can't have these mounted, you know, beasts that we fly. So we have to go to the tech side, I guess, and create yeah. our own ships. Recreate them, yeah. Somehow. Interesting, yeah. That's no, I so mean, nice. it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I would love to, you know, have a hand in designing a science fictional like universe or something, or science fantasy universe, oh, yeah. something like that. As like that. This I don't know. You get to like just have at it and see what sticks and like mm-hmm. what's working and like you get to design it and then you'd be like, Yeah, I designed this fictional universe and then like what's cool about it is like later on you'll if it works, it's successful, then fans are just like they start dressing up in like stuff like that. So it's like not only like this film but like Fifth Element mm-hmm. and uh Star Wars, like people like like they dive into a world that you got to create. Like and there's nothing yeah. more uh like i don't know honoring or amazing than to see someone like wear what you designed yes oh yeah i'm sure and all the different iterations they do too like i have a Mm -hmm. fifth element production book and the amount of work they put into all these sketches for costumes and creatures and weapons that they don't use is insane or if you look at any of the star wars artwork how much extra artwork they have just to get ready to use the stuff that they actually ended up using. It's insane. It's a lot of energy and a lot of work and you have to love painting. 
and drawing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's so I mean, cool. we saw it a little bit. There was remember a long time ago. I brought up like a web page that had a lot of concept art for Man of Steel, and there were like animals and creatures that like were never even seen. And there was like you know that like ground level of Krypton that we didn't get to that was like almost like swampish. And yeah, we got to see like the citizens of Krypton. Yeah, how they live. And like there was not a flying beetle ship, but it was like actually walking. It had legs, and it looked even more insect-like. Oh, it looked like the. I uh, love that. It yeah, like the uh, ATTE from Clone Wars. Oh yeah, 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 like, yeah. Like yeah. That. Um, so I, I really liked it. I really hope that's something that we can look forward to in that sci-fi show. Yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> if it ties <laughs> into Man of Steel. Um, yeah, I love it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome. I can't get enough of that. Uh, science fictional universes. Yeah. You can never have too many, right? Uh, 100%. Right. Are you more? Yeah. So are we, are we all more sci-fi than we are fantasy here? I say science fantasy. It just kind of. You mash the two together? Well, I, d- I don't know. It's just sometimes I just blanket term like science fantasy because yeah. like as soon as I say science fiction, people are like, "Well, how come there's sounds in space?" And it's like, "Dude, come on!" Really? Because it would be boring. <laughs> because you would be bored. We'd all be upset. Yeah. Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. They have a lot of silence in space, though. They're I think they're the closest uh, sci-fi show to being space accurate out of all I of think them. Bar- but- I think Firefly did that, right? Yeah. Didn't I don't know. Firefly like someone is got like really good. They like fought that bounty hunter like outside the ship or something. Yeah, I don't know. It's so cool. Oh gosh, those are both <laughs> two very good TV shows. I See, you can never have too many. You yeah, can never you have can. too many. <laughs> and I don't I it's hard to pick between sci-fi and fantasy because they kind of go hand in hand like you were saying. But mm-hmm. I will generally pick a space battle before a wizard battle so i do love me a good wizard battle so let's not lord of the rings <laughs> is the coolest thing and i play dungeons the dragons religiously so it's not like i don't like fantasy it's just i think i get more excited about sci-fi movies and sci-fi books well i like sci fantasy yeah. books too i don't know i like everything yeah yeah it's a tough world we live in <laughs> so just just get into do you play Star Wars D and D? Maybe we should do this later. <laughs> Let's wrap up here. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I think um, I think that's all I have for this minute. Um, I got more for tomorrow, so that's that's good. I'll touch on it a little bit more. Cool. Alrighty, guys, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up this minute. If you love what you hear, don't forget to leave us a great review on iTunes. We'd be more than welcome to read those out to you guys. We love getting all those great reviews. Um, and uh, definitely check out everything Crystal Beth has got going on on her side of things with the Fifth Element minute and whatnot. And uh, if you're looking for some great podcasts from us, we also do Stellar Dynamics, which is a great podcast for Rush fans. And then Honey Hold My Beer, which is just two gals who share craft beers and odd stories. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow here on DC Cinematic Minute.